everybody and welcome to episode 9 of Soul Brew Podcast. Today's episode is called, Is Larry Still Happy? And <laughs> I am Stephen speaking here now. Uh, I'm on the chat with Aidan and not drinking coffee right now, but this morning I had a lovely coffee from Jar Coffee in Dunfanny. Um, big shout out to Jade and Rory. And they serve pine cone coffee, which is a roaster in Dublin. Um, and it's a really, really nice coffee. So that's what I enjoyed this morning. Sounds very good. I, uh, I'm, getting, I'm not getting very stale with my coffee, but the joys of working in a coffee shop is you drink the coffee that you make. So I haven't actually got to taste anything outside um, of the coffee shop at the moment. So I can't have no coffee inputs for anyone that's listening. Um, we're going to kind of continue on with a similar scene, uh, theme that we did on a previous podcast was Happy as Larry. And Stephen did a 10-week course in happiness and we've both kind of gone over the notes of it. We're going to pull in some of the stuff that we already went through just briefly. Um, and then we're going to finish off with like the last four weeks of the course and probably get into hopefully some good discussion as we do it. All right, Stephen? Absolutely, and you're on the money there. Um, <laughs> just on the previous happiness episode, we did get a few messages and chatted a few people about it. Um, we did mention nine sort of healthy habits for health and happiness, which Aidan will go through again in a second. But a few people did say that it got them thinking about what is in their life and how they can improve it and i guess that's kind of the aim of the podcast itself so we're delighted that a few people got people thinking and chatting and another guy um who just literally sent me a message about an hour ago of a clip from an athlete that has won gold in the olympics or at the last olympics and we spoke about this on the last episode where we said it's really dangerous to say the sentence, I will be happy when, dot, dot, dot. So he spoke about after he won gold, the previous Olympics, that he really struggled for three years because his whole life was, I'll be happy when I, you know, I think he was a diver. So he was like, when I win the dive in British champions, then it was, I'll be happy when I win Europe. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. And then he won the ultimate prize and... It didn't bring any happiness at all. It just crashed down. Um, and it's it just such a dangerous sentence. It was really interesting to hear that come from someone who literally couldn't have gone any further in their field um, diving in this. So. Imagine the, being the pinnacle of what it is that you do mm. and basing your happiness down to one moment. Like never mind no. pressure, but the years of of torment that you probably would put yourself through and then to, to have that moment and it just to like nearly slip through your fingers as such or no no it's not even slipping through your fingers but you have it you have it and it's not what you expected it to be mm-hmm. like i could have been a professional soccer player but i just decided not to because i knew my happiness would suffer exactly but you can look like a professional soccer player so i mean like they'll get some of those attributes yeah, true, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the only reason. But <laughs> now, nah, but like, it is serious, though, that and that 
this is like Olympics in that scale, but it's exact same for people that I don't know say that sentence like I'll be happy when I own my own house or whatever it might be. And it's it's that thing of that we talked about before about like setting goals for yourself and how the destination of the goal can be a dangerous place because you base all your happiness on achieving that moment and you kind of nearly get everything that you do to get there so like if it's if it's losing weight or maybe if it's like reading three books a month or something you're nearly more focused on getting the number of the three books read and not actually enjoying the time that you've earned to sit down and read a book so yeah 100% so enjoying the process that's why I think like in being happiness in one scale is about being happy in the process. So like I, I often think to myself because I'm doing my research masters and at times it's a right struggle, but I also just have to remind myself that I chose this, that the struggle will be not that it'll be worth it in the long run, but that it's just challenge, but I actually enjoy the challenge in, a, in one sense. So I try to enjoy the process. Sometimes I am getting hard. I'm like, well, this is hard because I've challenged myself. So that's a good thing. And enjoy this challenge and not dwell too much. And it's also, it's also that thing like, um, like pick your sacrifice. Mm. You know, like, like, yeah, I mean, like you're studying now during the height of the summertime, which like I think I would really struggle with. I mean, you are probably sacrificing a couple of meals out or couple of evenings out with friends and whatever you'd like to enjoy doing obviously you're not a big drink or anything yeah but you know you've got to pick your sacrifice and it's not always going to be hunky-dory no and one of the things that i've noticed now especially in the last month or so when there's so much happening and it's actually one of the nine components that you'll allude to now in a second but when I, I'm fine when I'm really busy and, you know, I'm definitely cutting social events, but it's when I cut my sleep, that's when it seems to, I struggle the most, which is really interesting. Um, and I know both sleep and relationships are both part of the nine components. So it's kind of like trying to find that balance. At least I'm working as well, like part-time doing a bit of teaching and stuff. So, I have made to that that I do it with. So that's given me some sort of social interaction. It's quite good. But yeah. it's the sleep that I've noticed recently where it's actually, if I lose out in sleep for one or two nights, I'm, I seem to struggle then. Yeah, I, I guess for you, I, I don't know, you know in, in your head that this will be a, a short term. Well, I mm. think some of them components, of, of, like say, say you're scoring a little bit lower now on the sleep thing. Mm-hmm. but you're probably only going to be scoring low on it now because your life's just so hectic at the moment for the next couple of weeks but I think more it's like you need to look at it more seriously not that it's not serious but you know if you're below a certain score for a long length of time yeah, and then, yeah. You know, you're picking you are losing sleep but you know you're going to get it back again and yeah and I like I couldn't the way I'm living now if I didn't know that five weeks time it'll quieten down again like after the summer, and I didn't know what what date that would be. I'd probably struggle a bit more, but I think knowing that sort of end date is is making me just dig deep a little bit. So it's like, 
I think it's like we talked with Mara a few weeks ago as well, remember, about knowing when to give up and to not give up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of just a bit of resilience. Is yeah. yeah it's, you're nowhere near a point of really giving up. You're just you're tight as such. Um, yeah. I know we're going to way off tangent here, but I was speaking to so- was getting feedback from somebody else, and they were actually following the podcast the way that we had intended to the podcast. So they were getting up on Saturday morning. They were listening to the podcast and then they would discuss it with a friend over a cup of coffee and having great conversation out of it. And it just absolutely made it all worthwhile for me, actually. Brilliant. I don't know how many other people are are kind of doing that. Um, But if you are doing that, that would be, if you could give us some feedback on how that went for you, that would be absolutely amazing. Now, to pull everything back, uh, I'm going to do a quick recap of what Stephen had gone through with me before. Um, and then we're going to move on then to the last couple of weeks of the happiness uh, course that Stephen did. Um, the components of whole person health um, is you pick, there's nine things here that I'm going to read out and you pick a score from one to 10 um, on where you see yourself on that level. And it says here, if you're below six, if you're lower than six, you need to make a plan to improve that score. And the idea being is that if you have, if you have these components above um, six, they are the components of whole person, person health, which is obviously related to happiness. So without further ado, Stephen, and anyone actually that's listening to this, if you've done this on the previous podcast, it'd be interesting to see where you are now if you've wrote it down for yourself. Um, on a score of one to 10, Stephen, where do you feel like you are with exercise? Nine. Diet? Nine. <laughs> Is this German lessons? Are you saying nine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just good. Um, meaning? Uh, I don't know where you see meaning. Oh, there. See it now. Uh, yeah, a good solid eight. Good solid eight. Relationships? Seven. Okay. Sleep? Probably five. Substance control? 10. Gut health? Ooh, that's interesting. I think it's solid enough. Probably about a 8. It Creativity? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. 9. 9. You're feeling very creative. Well, I, I do kids camps five days a week. And yes. when you're dealing with 10-year-olds, you have to be very creative. For two, you have them for two hours, 15 minutes, like see, or not two hours. So like you have to be some way creative. Your your lowest one there was, um, was it relationships or meaning? Uh, sleep was the lowest. Sleep was the lowest. Okay, we, we've we already pulled at that one. Yeah, we pulled at that one already. The, yeah, the relationships was probably next lowest and that being that I'm essentially sacrificing um, like meals and spending time with people that I would like to spend time with that I just can't. Well, not that I can't, I can, but then something else would also suffer. 
sleep yeah. problems suffer more or my my I guess my meaning would suffer more because I'd be doing less of my college work or something yeah um, but yeah it's good to go over I think it's good to actually just go over that every month or so actually isn't it yeah like definitely checking on it and like I'd imagine work on the obviously work on the weakest one but you probably have to work on a couple of them simultaneously and I think it's like one of those things if you start getting one of them right like obviously if you start exercising then you start eating better and when you start eating better you start feeling better and you sleep better like literally if you pick one you're probably they're all going to roll over into, mm. into the other one and yeah. like it is that thing like like especially in my background in personal training when people stop exercising the diet also goes out the window you know, because they both feed off each other. Um, and uh, even even like myself now, like like I knew when I was getting slammed there when we opened the cafe back in March, like I was just eating anything and I wasn't training. Yeah. You know, but whereas once I started training again, I started to become more disciplined with eating and everything yeah. was in the place, you know. But sometimes you just go a bit helter-skelter and if you pull one of them back, I think you'll feed the other ones as well. Good point. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you that one yourself. Not another comedy podcast. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Um, but one thing that I have been consistent enough with actually this summer, and it's definitely helped me a bit, is my meditation in the morning. Yes. So, uh, I know you don't meditate too much. I know you've kind of dabbled at it, um, and maybe some people that listen dabble at it as well. But so, uh, on this 10 week program, The Science of Health and Happiness, it has a full lecture set aside for meditation. Um, there is a lot of crossover, but I suppose just some of the proven health benefits of meditation is unreal like it, it creates improved heart health better psychological health better sleep and it can enhance the immune function and balance your inflammatory responses so basically it'll help with your immune system and balance the body in terms and of health pain and stuff like that there and like like um soreness of joints and stuff like all that inflammation yeah or in your gut is it something you've thought about much since we spoke I know we mean you spoke I don't know if we spoke much in the podcast but I no I don't meditate uh, there's no point in me beating about the bush but I do the odd time use the camera and, and but it's more for sleep I use it for yeah um, I don't I actually can't even answer the question I'm going to ask myself is why I <laughs> I just don't have an answer, really. I must not just just must not be important enough for me to meditate. Yeah. Probably silly because I definitely need to do it some days. I just don't. But then I would again. We talked about this for. I would probably pray, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's. I would see that more as sort of mindfulness than meditation. 
Yeah, because no, you couldn't say that's meditation, but that's probably would be my answer to when I would go to meditate, I'd probably go and pray instead or something like that. Yeah. So, so I suppose there's some, sorry, Kyle. How often, like what's your meditation um, set up like? I tend to do 10 minutes in the morning. Um, so that's what I'm sort of looking at here. So like it takes, so it takes 66 days to generate a new habit, which we'll actually talk about near the end of the podcast. So it takes a while to get into the habit in fairness, but you can start off literally, I start off with two minutes in the morning to get into the habit. And the thing is, the more you meditate, the more benefit you'll get essentially. Mm. So the more often and for more whole time frame. Um, and for me, just 10 minutes is a good time frame. The odd one might go up to 15 minutes maybe. And I suppose, <clears throat> It's not really, most people I've spoken to say, you know, saying that it's not for them. They tend to say, oh, I've tried it, but I'm no good at it. And I remember from this lecture, from watching it, the lecturer was saying that he got that excuse a lot, kind of. But there's no real, there's no, not such a thing as good or bad practice. It's just practice. Mm-hmm. But it is essentially, it's not about emptying your mind and thinking about nothing. It's about, so essentially, if I sit and meditate now, right, and I have a lot of things going on in my mind, and if I sit and meditate and, let me think, uh, my college work is popping into my mind, it's not about stopping me from thinking about it. It's about reminding myself, okay, right now I'm just going to focus on my breath. So there is different types of meditation. So mine would be using an anchor, so I tend to use my breath. So that would be... I'll try to focus my breath and things come into my head and I'll never meditate without stuff coming into my head, but it's about thinking then like, okay, that's in my head now. Let's go back to the breath and focus again. So all you're actually doing is you acknowledge the thought, but you don't give it much weight and you let it kind of float on. I remember um, you had kind of got me into meditating back when we thought about doing the podcast, mm. the anchor point that I used was the warmth of the cup. And so I would make a cup of tea or something in the morning. Mm. And that was my anchor point because I found the breathing thing didn't work for me, but the heat of the mm. cup. So anytime that my mind drifted off, I pulled myself back to the feeling of the heat of the heat in my hand. Mm. And again, so, I remember that it was um, your guys, like you acknowledge the thought comes in, but you, just let it pass on by and you anchor yourself each time. Yeah, that's essentially it. And yeah, so it's basically you're training your mind to try not relax more, but be more calm and be more assured of itself. So the way he talked about it, it's just the same as, you know, going into the gym. You don't go in and start lifting, the, well, maybe you do it, but you don't go in and start lifting 40 kg dumbbells first day in the gym just bicep curls awesome <laughs> <laughs> bruh uh, but you start off light and you build your way up and you get better by practicing committing practicing time and you'll just get better and better so it's the same thing so 
It is tough. I find it really tough at the start. And some mornings I find it shite. And for some mornings I'll be, it'll come to the end of them. So mine, mine is through the app as well. But it'll come to the end and I'll be like, Jesus, I was just thinking about stuff the whole time. Mm. And it tends to be when I'm tired. Well, what do you like when you're stressed? Um, yeah, so tired and stressed. Yeah, so if I'm stressed, it'll be this simmer enough, yeah. Depends if I sometimes it just you just have a bad one, yeah. And I just get up and I'm like, all right, that was bad. Same as if you go out and have a bad gym session. Gym session, yeah. Again, not that you would in because I know you're class in the gym. I just have gym sessions all the time. One thing actually, it's the it's the gym session that you that uh, you're super prepared for that you'll, that I would flop, and it's the one where I'm a little bit tired and a little bit hungry that I end up having a great you know. So basically, if you're listening now, the benefits are like there's so many benefits for it, right? So if you do fancy giving it a go, give yourself two minutes in the morning or the evening, get it, and try it for a few weeks or a few days. Just try it a day, and just build on that, and just try pick the same place, you know, the same room, the same seat, the same time. That's what I do, and just sort of build off that and see how it goes for it. One of the one of the um, recommendations that they that they make that this course makes in week seven is something similar to what I do, um, and it's they give you the way the course works is they give you a quick explanation of how everything works, and then they give you some homework on it. And I was just reading, flicking through it quickly, and uh, the one that they recommended is the positive emotions to negative emotions. And you use a three to one ratio of positive things to negative things. So the way I try and fall asleep at night is a mixture of like reflection, gratitude, um, and picking three good things that happened to me in the day. And one, I don't actually necessarily pick a negative thing that happened to me, but more of um, a moment where I caught myself or, maybe I was going to say something that I shouldn't have said or done something that I shouldn't have done. Um, so I'll get into bed and by the, generally by the end of it, I've actually fallen asleep. And so it slows down my mind. It's probably a little bit of meditation as well. And it also um, helps me drift off to sleep thinking good things as well from the day. So what they, what they've recommended here is like, to think about things like you have hedonic positive emotions so they come from like pleasure and joy and amusement and then you have eudaimonic positive emotions which is gratitude serenity interest hope pride awe love and inspiration now i don't go through it like that in my head it might for me it might be like a positive emotion might be um handing someone a cup of coffee and them just saying that they really needed it so like that's one good thing that happened in my day and some days where you have an absolutely shocker of a day and you're like really struggling to find um find something good that happened in, in that day i'll probably go right back to the basics of being like well aiden you were able to get up out of bed this morning you had you had food in your belly today you know think like i'll there's always something positive no matter how bad your day is there's something there that 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 you can be grateful for or 
is good. And then in terms of the catching thing, so like yesterday, for example, my catching moment was my gym membership has run out. I went to buy new gym membership, which is like, it's like 50 euros for a month. And just before I paid it, I was like, shit, I'm going on holidays next week. So I'm going to miss a week and a half's worth of that membership. Mm. And just caught myself before. So I would have just like lost that week and a half. And I just said to him, I was like, guys, actually, there's no point in me buying this because I'm not going to be here for nearly half of it. And so what I'm saving myself, maybe 15, 20 euros worth of a membership there. And they also just let me train that day for free. There's like, you know what? You're right. Come back to us after your holidays. You can have this training session on us. So that's, that's somewhere where I caught myself or, you know, by the time I get that, so them three, them four things, it can be a negative motion. They recommend negative motion. I do somewhere where I've caught myself. By the time I get those three things done, if I go through my day bit by bit, I'm, I'm probably sleeping. I probably do not get to the end if I go through it very slowly. For me, so I tick all them boxes of gratitude, reflection, thinking good things before I fall asleep and I'm sleeping. Yeah, that's class. Because they are super important. So like a gratitude journal and stuff. And we've spoken about this before, so we'll not dwell too much on it, but I can't sort of emphasize enough how being or expressing gratitude, how important it is for your own mental health and happiness because it just reminds you of the little things like it can be little things I guess and um, that, that little two-minute conversation you had with someone in the shop that you haven't seen in a while or that you know random text you got or I don't know whatever it might be like and um, and when you sit down so I, I think from journaling anyway or in your case when you're um in bed just having that proper think and not letting it, not passively thinking about it or not letting it pass you by, but actually being like, right, what am I, what am I grateful for in the past day? And because you really do figure out some stuff that you, you might not even think about. Like, and I think our good friend, Russian McCaff, um, who was on episode three, she spoke about that toss before where, you know, someone asked her on, uh, on Monday when she came back to work, she said, they asked her, what did you do at the weekend? anything at the weekend? She gave a general response, like, ah, no, not too much. And then she caught herself saying it, and then she thought, hang on a second, I, I think that weekend we went surfing, and we went for a coffee somewhere, and we went for a walk somewhere, and another surf or something like that. And she's like, actually, I did all this stuff. And she just passively commented as it being nothing. So when she realized then and caught herself, you know, it's kind of filled her with that little bit of joy. Yeah. And I'd say, now, I don't know, this is completely made up, but if something bad nearly happened to you at the weekend, you wouldn't be long saying it. Yes. You'd say you had a shit weekend because the dishwasher mm-hmm. flooded the whole place. But yeah. like, but that, that's really good because you can be so passive. And I know, I know the, the meet and greet, hi, how are you? How was your weekend? And you say, oh, it was grand. But I do find myself trying to say, well, actually, I had a great weekend because I went here and did this, or I went there and did that, or had coffee here. And <clears throat> but sitting down to reflect or to do gratitude journals, like you said, sometimes yeah. that's not easy. No, it's not. 
Uh, but they also kind of highlight where your values lie, at least for me, they do. So like when I reflect on the day, like are the three things that I thought were positive, there's a whole value thing based around why they were positive for me. Mm. You know, so like whether it's like for me, like I'm a real helper, like that I thrive when I'm helping people. So like I love training people and love coaching people. So, you know, that's a massive thing to me. And it, it makes me feel good when I'm teaching somebody or I'm helping somebody do something that I know that I can do. Yeah. So I've learned that through reflection of, of my day that, that, that when do I feel good? Yeah. I, and I'd be the same. Like I love teaching as well. And <clears throat> just from, um, coaching when people, well, so I'm coaching surfing at the minute. I like, can just, the joy people have from catching a wave. Like I nearly feel I feel that joy as well and that buzz when they catch their first wave or you know, whatever it is. Like I get that joy that I think it really brings me happiness. That long side caught a wave, I'm gonna need you to actually <laughs> <laughs> or I'll start you out a wee lesson when you go back up here. Oh, uh, just the other thing on that you kinda mentioned there about um thinking of a bad thing that happened. You work in hospitality, so you might relate to this as well. You could have 99 customers and they're all, you know, nice or pleasant. And the hundredth customer you get in that day is just a bollocks. Like just a arse. Arse for no reason. Arse. And really rude. And, you know, makes you feel like, like you're small and just a prick for no reason. And then all of a sudden you let that affect your day. And... You know, all you think about is that one customer, and you know you could get another ninety-nine customers for the rest of the day, all lovely, and that one customer will let you down. Yeah. So I think from what that leads to is emotional intelligence. Yeah. So it's just about having the ability to acknowledge these sort of things or your emotions. So that's a small example, but it's about acknowledging your emotions and sort of engaging effectively with them. You know, at that time, I'm like, geez, that's annoying. But, you know, if I actually think back, actually, if I can, 99 customers before that were lovely. So, I mean, percentages are on my side. So, fuck the prick. When you say 99 customers, I'm thinking, got nine. <laughs> I was thinking 99 red balloons. <laughs> Soon as we're in the German buzz, you know. Yeah, you're, you're on a real German buzz. <laughs> Absolutely pure German buzz. Um, now that's that's the two things that I felt that I was able to, to speak about out of that happiness course. Stephen, you have one more, don't you, that you had looked into? Oh, I'm nearly sure you did. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. So well, look, I would actually encourage people, I think they've opened that course for longer. It's the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. We'll put up a link actually. Um, for the course that people are interested. There is lectures or there's notes or whatever. I find it just really interesting to have a view these sort of things. Um, but the last sort of thing, and I mentioned earlier about how it takes 66 days to generate a new habit. And I've read a book before called Atomic Habits, which is all about you know building healthy habits <clears throat> and how it works. So I'd encourage people to look at them books or a book like that. There's another one, I think, The Power of Habit, which I haven't read, but 
Um, here it's quite similar and very good. But it's just about you know how positive habits can occur. So like I was saying about the two-minute meditation, you could build that into your morning routine. So if you normally get up at 8 o'clock and the first thing you do is go for a shower and then make a coffee, you know, surely you can fit in two minutes you know, between the shower and the coffee to sit and have that two-minute meditation. Or you can do it standing while you're waiting on the kettle to boil. Or do it when you're in the shower or do it when you brush your teeth. Yeah, you can do it anyway. Um, so, you know, it's about so how habits stack. That's called habit stacking, where you're adding habits, habits on to current habits. So, you know, to improve your life or to include healthy things into your life. Again, it's about building them in, like, rather than trying to do everything at once, just picking one thing for one week or whatever it is, one month, and just go with yeah, that. 66 days, if you... 66 days, yeah. Yeah, and then you can add stuff on it if you find it benefiting you, and then, you know, whatever else you could add to it. And I think what a common thing that happens to people is, you know, like, right, I'm going to start meditating, and they normally get up at 8 o'clock, and they're like, right, I'm going to get up at half six and I'm going to meditate and get into this new habit now and it'll be great. <laughs> going to go down and join that Aiden Hunter's gym. Oh, well, he doesn't have that gym anymore, does he? Yeah, that fell his way off. Galifantin. And then before they know it. <laughs> I'm thinking something in the house, do you know? <laughs> um, but I suppose that's sort of if you feel like you could add healthier habits or behaviors into your life, there are books like that, that really show you how you can sort of get through that sort of stuff. So, you know, adding habits, uh, or really thinking about it and see how it can fit into your lifestyle, your current lifestyle. Uh, the worst thing, not the worst thing, but a bad thing to do is trying to change things, too many things at the one time. Yeah. You know. But uh, I, I suppose the conclusion is or happiness is not glamorous. Mm. There's loads there's absolutely loads of different tricks and trades we have to yeah. the one that suits you. And I think yeah, now that we've given people a couple of different things to get them thinking, um we're gonna put up that video um of the experts talking about happiness as well. Um, yeah. And uh, one book I just literally finished it last night is a book you gave me, Aiden, <laughs> four months ago, probably. Um, the Man's Search for Meaning, yeah, by Victor Frankl. Victor Frankl, who was a Holocaust survivor, and he spoke in much more depth than I'll just mention now, but about his. Uh, living through the Holocaust. I mean, he was already a qualified psychologist, so his perspective then, and he sort of created a, a type of um, psychology called logotherapy. But basically, he talked about the people that gave up hope and purpose to their lives in the camps during the Holocaust just tended to die fairly soon after. And those that always sort of held on to some sort of meaning and purpose and seen something in the future as positive, they tended to get through it. And, you know, 
he goes on to uh, how then people manage to survive that and go on and live purposeful, happy, meaningful lives. And it wasn't because they're any better than those that uh, may have passed, but it's just about how having a purpose in your life can create happiness and can create a drive and a meaning. And it all sort of ties into what we've spoken in this episode and the previous happiness episode, where if you have a purpose and meaning in your life, it adds so much, doesn't it? His meaning was to, was to get his work out, wasn't it? He didn't want what he had learned and worked on not mm-hmm. by other humans. So that's what kind of kept him going, I think. And he, he lost his wife and his children, didn't he? And his parents and everyone. Incredible. Mm. Stephen, I'll give you the final word if you want. Oh, um, I'll ask you a question. Yes. What would you say your happy place is? My happy place? You mean physical place? Yeah. Do you know what? When I went to the gym yesterday, I hadn't gone in about a week and a half because mm-hmm. it was too hot last week and I was just too exhausted. And I went back yesterday and I just like, still, this is my place. This is where I feel confident. This is where I know what I'm doing. It makes me feel good. And yeah, yeah. and I had a moment, like I, I don't really coach that much anymore, but I could see people making loads of mistakes and I was like, Jesus, I'd love to walk over to them and, and help them. So it's still a massive place for me. And I just got that yesterday, which is very strange. Interesting. What about you? Um, for me, any of the beaches around here would, or being in, just being in the beach or in the water around here, it just gives me that yeah. real sense of happiness. Making me about not being home, Stephen. No, but I suppose uh, the reason I ask that is when I think about happiness or contentment, which is another word I suppose we've touched on before. But you know, my mom, Bridget Oak, big shout out to Bridget there. How are you getting on, mommy? Hey. Listener, how are you getting on? Like, I've never seen a woman who is as content with a cup of tea for a woman that drinks maybe 15 cups of tea a day. And every time she sits down with her cup, oh, you hear, ah, no, isn't that great? <laughs> so, the, the she has like 15 moments of positivity a day, then, so at least. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it, that's all that has to be. Cup of tea. I don't want to be buying the tea bags in your house, hey? Yeah, it's expense. Oh, I, I would say I sell 15 cups of tea in a cafe a day. <laughs> Probably not, but you know what I mean. Like it's that real sense, of, and my mother is probably the one that I've learned more from than anyone in the last few years about contentment and happiness. I've never just seen a woman that needs very little to be very happy and content with where she is, and that's something that I've learned. I think a lot of people can learn from her or other people in your lives, and um, it's a great way to live. So, Bon Bridget, Bon Bridget, great woman. Right, on that note, leave uh, <laughs> the Yeah, no better way to punish. <laughs> okay, that is right. nine. Yes, 
And I guess next week we'll see you for episode 10. Peace and love. And love. <laughs>